Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, <clears throat> welcome to the money flow. Um, you might hear some noise. Hopefully it's not too windy. Um, I'll listen back to this and see. But I'm at the beach today, or near the beach. I'm in Panama City Beach. Let's go this way. It's not as windy. And, you know, I'm venturing into the realm of Airbnb with some of my rentals in the area that I do real estate, you know, like a lot of areas, prices have appreciated. I mean, when you, when the federal reserve prints trillions of dollars, that money goes into circulation, causes inflation, assets inflate. And you've heard me say this, that assets that appreciate assets that produce cash flow go up over time. It's just the way it is. And, you know, we as investors, you know, we, you have to, you have to, you know, you can't just sit around and cry about it. I, at least I can as an investor, I got to find a way around it. And maybe that means I take smaller returns, but I have to get returns. You know, if you have money just sitting there and it's just sitting now, there's a time for money to sit, you know, maybe you're trying to get into a deal. You're trying to, you know, work on your first deal. Then yeah, money's going to sit. But as a general rule, saving money, it's almost like having a short position when the market's going up over time. I mean, you're just going to get blasted, man. And so you're going to lose money to inflation. It's going to kill you because assets are going to inflate. Now, if we do our job right as investors, as traders, we're trying to beat that natural inflation rate, meaning just the, th what the price that products Products and services just naturally inflate over time. Insurance goes up. Gasoline, you know, well, that, gasoline's a little different. That's a commodity. It tends to go up and down based on supply and demand. But, you know, cars go up, the cost of everything in the gas. You know this. Well, so does rent, right? So do dividends. So as companies raise prices, as 3M raises its prices, it's able to then what? Throw a little bit more into the dividend. And so dividends offset Dividends offset, you know, the cost of capital, just holding money. So there is a cost of capital. When you just hold money, you know, it's like, it, it, it's almost like, it's almost like you're long the dollar and yet that asset is declining. So we got to find places to put our money. And with that is risk, man. There's risk. And some people, the risk can become so, the risk, the fear of the risk can become so overwhelming that they don't make a move or they take on way more risk than they understood and they lose a bunch of money. And so one of the things that I've tried to do is in my talks, in my teachings, as unorthodox as they may seem at times, is to ground, to get people to understand the risk they're taking and to, and to get clarity about it. And for me, being real clear about what I'm doing. You, and you've heard me talk about in real estate, I do two bedroom, one bath. That clarity helps me navigate the risk that's involved in owning real estate. There's a lot of risk involved. You are on the hook every month for the holding cost. Even if the house is paid for, you got insurance, you've got taxes, you've got maintenance, lawn care, roofs, all that shit is on you. Now I'm at, like, I have 16 properties. It means I got to pay 16 insurance payments every month. 
16 maybe possibly mortgage payments every month. 16 this, 16 that. Everything begins to multiply. So every day that I get up, that risk is sitting right there. You know, the risk, I got, I've got to pay these things whether people pay me or not. And so along with risk comes responsibility. And the more responsibility that you have in this world, the more money you tend to make. But with it comes risk. And we have to define it. And for me, like last night, I'm, I'm laying in bed and I started having panic, you know, and, I, and this is not uncommon for me when I'm about to buy a property or make a move, or maybe I have a large position in a stock. I start to get panicked. I start to question myself. And this is totally normal in my experience. I've spoken with a lot of real estate people. It could happen on your first deal. It could happen on every deal. Now, some people won't feel it they, for whatever reason. You know, they're cool with risk, but everyone has a different risk barometer, so to speak. Now, some people are just too stupid to understand they're even taking risk. And they're under the impression, well, I just buy a house and I'm just going to make money because I see this guy on Instagram. And you know, what you don't see is he, they hide it. So I'm not making posts about me lying in bed worried about real estate. That's not a good post, man. You know, I'm not showing you the post where I'm arguing with a vendor or arguing with a contractor or, you know, a renter's not paying. There's a lot of the ugly side or a stock is crashing. Like there's a lot to being an investor, being, being a risk taker, being a trader that isn't, you know, shown because it's not that glamorous, man. You know, in fear, you know, the fear of, of losing. And that's there for everyone, you know. It's there for me, even though this, like I'm looking at purchasing my 17th property. It's fearful. It's scary, man. So I'm taking on a property in a town I don't live in, in a state I don't live in, you know. This will be my second one doing that. But this one's an investment property. This one's a rental. And, you know, I'm going to put it on Airbnb. And there's people that, oh, that's, you know, they make it sound, oh, that's easy. This is not. Look, I'm not fucking stupid. I've been investing for a living for 20 years now. I understand the risk. It's not without risk and it has issues and it has problems. And I'm well aware of that. And one issue and one problem can really, uh, uh, you know, it can, it can really slow you down. It could get you off track. It could cause you a lot of problems. Maybe it's the wrong house. Guess what? You might buy a house that's a money pin, right? And that it ends up slowing you down. It causes you problems. And if you're like me, I live, I live off the decisions I make. I don't have a job. There's nobody paying me. I have to go out into the world and hunt. I have to find, I have to do good deals. I have to flip, I have to sell, I have to purchase the right stock. And if I do it wrong, if I get it wrong, my family immediately feels it. Money goes down, assets go down, cash flow goes down. And so when you're living on that, there's pressure, man, there's pressure. And you might feel that pressure on your first purchase. And if you do, my point is, it's totally normal. So here I am laying in bed, property number 17, new venture, you know, new venture. <clears throat> I'm putting an enormous sum of money. I just did a house flip. I got a hundred and basically 180 grand after fees and expenses and all that, right? And 
that's my biggest flip, man. That's the biggest check I've ever gotten. And I didn't even get it. It was put into a 1031 exchange that by there, by doing that allowed me to avoid taxes. And as I'm thinking about that, and I'd saved up another 75 grand, right? So I've got 180 plus 75. That gives me what? Like 255? 255. And so I'm looking for a deal. Well, here's what I do. <laughs> I bet on a property yesterday, literally oceanfront. I'm staring at the ocean and that is like 310,000, not 250. And so I've come in there and I bid, what did I bid? Oh, 290, right? So that's what? That, dude, that's like 35, 40,000 more than I have. <laughs> Meaning I don't have the other 35,000. I do not have it. I have it in my trading account, you know, but I don't have it in savings. When I say literally I'm going all in, meaning all of the money that I have available in checking, in savings, and from the flip of this house will go into this property to the point that I may have to dip into my trading account or trim. I may have to trim some cryptos, trim some stocks. Somehow I got to come up with 40 G's. I trade about a quarter of a million dollars. Obviously, that's where it's going to come from. And then I have about 700,000, you know, seven, depending on what day of the week it is, in dividend stocks. That's non-fucking negotiable, okay? Meaning my buy and hold is literally buy and hold. Non-fucking negotiable. It's not, I don't care how good the deal is. This is just, a, you know, this is just a, an agreement I made with myself. The buy and hold is buy and hold. It is not touched. I will die with that portfolio and it'll be given to charity or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Life is long. It's, you know, I don't, my, I don't have children to leave it to anymore. Um, I'm not leaving it to a cousin or a nephew. Fuck that. If they haven't been doing, I'll take it with me, man. Sometimes I say that and people act like that. Oh, that's harsh, man. I'm not giving it to a family member who hasn't, who isn't into stocks like I am. They're not playing. I'd rather give it to a stranger on Instagram who's hustling, honestly, than do that. So, you know, and that's a deal I made with myself. And that's how I got it to $700,000. Now, some of you are like, oh, that ain't no big deal. Guys, most I ever made at a job was $12.50. I've run a business now for over a decade with no employees. None. None. It is very hard to make money with no help. Imagine you're a painter. You can only paint so much. Your income is capped. The way you make money is through business, through investing, right? It, there's only three ways to make money in America. One, you can uh, uh, own a business. You can invest in business or or you can do real estate. No, I don't, I don't mean make money. I mean like um, get rich. You can't get rich just working an hourly wage, impossible. The way you get rich working an hourly, but you can use that as a stepping stone, meaning you, you, you peel off some of the money you make and you take that, the profit, right? And you put the profit into, into things that appreciate, that pay cash flow, that go up, that allow you to compound and through the power of time, times amount, meaning the part you peel off times yield, what does that asset produce in either appreciation or cash flow or both? That's what gets you rich. 
And so I don't have employees. And so I have to find ways to leverage myself into the universe, just like I teach. You know, I'm doing exactly what I teach. A lot of gurus, listen, when a guy says, all right, let's think a guy that's super rich. And he's like, oh, look, I made $200,000 on this. And he's giving you the impression you can make $200,000 on that. You can't. What he's leaving out is he put two hundred, he put eight hundred into the deal, and then he flipped the deal for a million. So yeah, he made two hundred thousand. Good for him. But you don't have the eight hundred to put in the deal. Or a guy says, "Well, I made ten thousand dollars on uh, on this crypto coin." Or I made. To, listen, he didn't know that coin was going to go up. He got lucky. The reason he got lucky is he has an abundance. And when you have an abundance, you can put a lot of shit in the water, man. If you put out 50 poles, you're probably going to catch a fish. And, but if you got five grand, which, which coin are you going to buy, man? Is it Shiba, Doge, which one? How do you know? And so what happens is people get caught up in this panic of constantly chasing and chasing. The guys who are posting they made that money, they're not chasing shit, man. They got about 50 other little shitty coins that didn't make any money. Right? It's like angel investing. You're going to invest in all these companies, and then one of them's going to hit, and you're going to go, look how smart I was. And what they don't tell you is the 20 that didn't make shit. You know, same in stocks. I've got stocks right now that are up five, six, seven hundred percent. So if one went to zero, I really don't care. I mean, I don't like it. But if I have a stock that goes up, let's say we buy two stocks, one at $10, we both buy it. And one of the $10 stocks goes to 100 over the next five years. And one goes to zero. All right. 100 and zero. How did we do? Well, we did great. But what if you didn't buy the one that went to 100, but you did buy the one that went to zero? You're going to be like, fuck this guy and his advice. And the reason, and then I could go on Instagram and brag, my stock went up 10x. And you're like, this, no, I bought one of your stocks, bro, and it went to zero. Well, guess what? That's part of the game. It's part of the game. But it implies when I say this one when I'm 10x that all of my decisions are smart and all of my, as if somehow I know where it's going. But what you don't understand is because out of my abundance, I have a lot of, I have a lot of fishing poles in the water. And so I've just brag on the fish that I catch. And then you show up with your one pole and you're trying to catch the big fish. And that's what happens a lot of times, man. And so it's not a lie. It's just mis. What would be the word for it? It's not deception. It's not deception. You know, it just is what it is. It's over the, the, the number, man. That's how an angel investing works. That's how real estate works. There's been plenty of houses I've bought that honestly, if I look back over the last few, I really didn't make much. You know, yeah, the house went up a little bit, but we had to put a roof on. We had to fix some pipes from the city. We ended up, we having a floor issue. There's just this issue and this issue and this issue. Oh, but then this house over here that I bought, that neighborhood got hot, man. And over about a five-year period, it doubles. The cash flow was amazing. And it, you know what I mean? And it just turns a little loud truck. Never felt like I got to record trucks show up. And so, so that one house gets hot. That house doubles. The cash flow is amazing, right? And, it, and I go look at this real estate deal. I had a, you know, I had a, a, a 10X or 15X. And then this one over here, over 10 years, just doubled. And, 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 well, I mean, which one am I going to brag on? 
You get what I'm saying? And, and, and it's that way with stocks. It's that way with everything. So when you watch these gurus and you see them posting these giant numbers, understand you can't fucking do that if you're not investing or trading giant numbers. You get it? So keep that in mind. The game is fractal. You know, he could buy, you could buy 10 shares. He buys a million shares. You know, you make $20 on the trade. He makes 20,000 on the trade and both trades were the same. You know, how long is it going to keep your interest when you're $5,000, you're making 40 bucks and here I am, I made 400. Next trade, you make 80 bucks. I make 8,000. You see what I'm saying? How long are you going to stay on that game? And you're like, man, I'm putting all this time and effort here. I'm getting $40, then $80. Oh, then we lose 60. Oh, wait, then we, oh, then the account cuts in half into a sell-off. We know what happens to a guy like Chris Johnson or like myself or somebody with a million dollars in the market and the market pulls back and my account drops three or 400,000. I see it as an opportunity. Why? Because I'm still making money. I have assets producing dividends. Fuck, I hope the market comes down so that my dividend stocks can buy more shares cheaper. You get what I'm saying? So because of my position, because I'm constantly making money, because I've been through the ups and downs for 20 years, I don't fear, I don't fear zero. That's off the table. I'm not operating in scarcity. I know markets go up and down. And so it gives me an advantage because I understand the risk that there is no risk. The risk is not investing. The risk is panicking. See, the real risk to the stock market is it drops and you panic and sell. That is the fucking risk. It's not that it doesn't come back. It's always come back. It's come back my entire life and it'll come back your entire life. So if you own quality companies and it goes down, there is no risk. There is no risk. And yet we have to say past performance is not indicative of future results and all that bullshit. You have to give a disclaimer. You know? Why? Because the government knows the truth. You might panic. You know how many people I talked to that sold Bitcoin at 28, 29,000? The day that I'm screaming at people on Instagram. Why? Because I'm trying to save one person. Most of you are like, yeah, dude, I get it. I'm buying some, but I know, but there's one guy that's scared, man. There's one kid that's scared, man. And that's the kid I'm trying to get to. I don't want that kid to sell his Bitcoin because I know the truth, man. I know the truth. An asset that appreciates or produces cash flow over time goes up just simply due to inflation. Now we throw in all the other factors of money printing and all the different things that go into different assets. You know, that's where we start getting a little more sophisticated. Now, sometimes when you go down the world, okay, if you're starting to learn about the markets, you get on YouTube and you're going through this thing and all of a sudden, all this fear-based shit starts coming at you, right? What is that? The reason that happens is you don't understand the risk of the things you're doing. And because in your soul, in your heart, right, in your spirit, you know you don't understand. Now, you might not say it out loud, but you know you really don't understand what you're doing. A lot of people buying cryptos and coins. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're just buying shit because it's cheap. You're just buying shit because it's new. You have no intellectual fucking reason whatsoever to be buying that. And guess what? It hits sometimes. I get them all the time. What do you think of this coin? What do you think of this coin? There's no fucking use for it. There's no practice. All it is is money chasing. And that's fine. I'm not against that. But let's say what it is, man. Let's say what it is. Right? There's a big difference between Altria or Facebook and point zero 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 two one fucking token. All right? 
that shit is just it's like nfts and all that stuff i know you got you guys love nfts i think they're complete bullshit digital art complete bullshit maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong but i'm not saying don't buy them you know i'm not saying you can't even make money on it you can make money doing anything in america but you need to understand your risk, understand what you're doing, right? You need to understand your risk and understand what you're doing. And I know, here's what I know. I know I don't know enough about that. And honestly, I don't give a fuck. And unless you give a fuck and have a general interest, I don't think you're going to be successful. So I don't chase money for money's sake. I mean, I don't jump over here because a lot of people are making money. I like to go where I'm actually interested in and then make money. Not everyone operates that way. You get what I'm just what I just said. Meaning, if I was an artist interested in art, okay, maybe NFTs can help me. Maybe I can get my art onto an NFT. Like all these big time professional artists, you see that their shit hangs on. Like why they're not doing NFTs is I don't know, man. I would be all over it, but I actually don't give a shit about art. You know. I mean, past tattoo ink, I don't really care about art. So it doesn't do anything for me. You know, and if I don't have a way of valuing it, I don't know how to value art. And so what I do is super simple. I stick to what I know. I understand how to value a house. I can look at the rents that it collects. So back to what I was saying in my panic attack about buying oceanfront property. Guys, I grew up in a trailer park to a single mother. A guy like me. Why would I have ocean property? Or as they say here, they, they say the, uh, the, the, uh, the visitors say ocean, the locals say the Gulf. Who am I to have my living room looking at the Gulf? Oceanfront properties reserved for the mighty. You say, what do you mean? Because it's highly fucking risky. It's very expensive. I'm just trying to buy a little sliver. I'm just trying to sneak in with the richy rich. You know, I'm not rich at all, man. I wake up every day poor. Now I'm worth about $3 million. I'm trying to get it to five. But every day I I wake up, I'm broke. I'm broker than you. I'm hungry. I'm scared. I don't know how some of you guys don't. you You don't have 100 grand. You ain't scared. I'd be fucking terrified. And I mean that. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not using hyperbole. I'd be fucking terrified to be most people because of what I know. I know how the economy works. I know how it works. I know what it looks like for you at the end. I know. I've seen it. I see it every day. Every day I talk to people 10 years older than you, 15 years older than you, and they're broke. And they're trying to fix that now. And they haven't spent the last 10 years studying, learning, practicing and now they want to do the game now they want to get in the game and they come to this game as if it's just some shit they can just decide they're going to do and they're going to be good at it there's a lady yesterday and if you're listening i'm not picking on you but i'm using you as an example they had to close their bakery started a bakery and i never use your names if you send me but if you email me or talk to me i I, I use it in my content because i don't create content i document and they started a bakery. Now, smartly, they didn't borrow any money, but they sank $140,000 into this venture. When Within two years, they had to close it down. Why? Because most businesses go out of business. 
I don't know if you know this. And guess what? That bakery that's gone is sitting in real estate of a landlord who's going to put another business in there and collect rent from them. And guess what's not going out of business? The fucking real estate. And guess what didn't go out of business? 3M, Dow, DuPont. In other words, if you'd have put the 140 grand into dividend stocks, it would have went up 60. You'd probably be sitting on 200 grand. It's a certainty. And so people say, well, what about the risk? There is no risk. Risk is starting a business. That's risky. That's risky. Investing in dividend stocks has no risk. They say, well, the price might go down. Okay, but it ain't going to zero. I can give you a hundred fucking companies that are not going to zero. They're going to be here after you die. Now, maybe one or two come off the list, don't do as well, but others, they multiply. This is what makes index investing work. The reason index investing works is because it works. There is no risk. But from time to time it goes down, that's not risk, that's opportunity. So what other people see as risk is opportunity. The reason you can make money in stocks and trading is because it goes fucking down. This is why I lose my mind in my group when everybody's freaked out because prices are going down. Are you out of your fucking mind? The way we're gonna multiply and get ahead is prices come down. Now every day I get people, oh, I can't buy real estate, it's too expensive. Uh-huh. If real estate was like stocks, none of you'd wanna fucking own it. If you could wake up one day and, and your, your house is down 20%, nobody would wanna be in that game. But stocks give us that. It's a fucking blessing. MO dropped 6% yesterday. Do you understand that means I can buy income cheaper now? Now, the guy that was holding it bought a bunch the day before. He ain't feeling too good, but I love it. I've owned the stock for 10 years. It's been paying me money for 10 years. Please take it down. When you get, like, this is sophisticated investing. You, you realize what I just freed you from? If you get what I just said and internalize it and live it and realize there's no risk in that. Owning dividend stocks is the least risky thing in all fucking life. It's almost certain. Now, I probably legally can't say that, but I'm saying it. It's the one certain in your entire life. Stock market goes up. Don't believe me, go back and look through history. Find a time that it didn't. And when it did, it stayed there temporarily and it was just an opportunity. One man's foreclosure is another man's opportunity. You'll hear me say that over and over and over and over. So why am I having a panic attack about buying Oceanside property? Because I haven't internalized it yet. I don't see myself yet as an owner of that. And I'm a motivational speaker. I write books on finances. I'm worth millions of dollars. But see, I was raised by a single mom, grew up in a trailer park. And all my life, rich people own oceanfront property. And every day I wake up, I'm poor. Not in spirit, but in money. And the only reason I got to where I've gotten now because every day I wake up poor and hungry and I want more and I want to be more and I want to do more and I want to have more. And I got to push through that. And the moment that I see myself as some rich guy or some guy who's successful or some guy who's made it, the moment I see myself as followers see me, I'm done. I'm done. I don't know how the fuck it doesn't terrify you 
you don't have at least a hundred thousand, I'd be fucking terrified. And if you're hearing my voice and you don't, you need to let that sink in, man. And I don't know how you're going to get there. How are you going to do it? But you better start saying that shit over and over and over and over and over. I need a hundred grand. And it doesn't have to be in cash. It can be in stocks, but you need a fucking hundred grand or you're fucked, man. I don't care if you're 18 or fucking 70, you need a hundred grand. And then when you need get the hundred, you need another one. And you stay poor in your mind until you get to where you're trying to get to. Because the moment you think you're okay, and all you guys that ain't got a hundred grand, you must think you're okay. But you're not. You better stay hungry, man. Stay motivated. Want more. Be more. You can do more. I promise you that. God bless.